How's it going? All good, bro. Dude, good. thank you so much for having me on your terrace. You know, I think, welcome, honestly, bro. I'm going to claim it. This is the best view in town. Thank you, bro. One of the best <laughs> ones, at least. Thank you, bro. Thank you. How's it been growing up here? It's amazing, bro. It's a blessing. It's a blessing, really. Uh, it took me a bit time before to understand it and to get it. And uh, I had to, to go away from here and uh, to be away from it for a while to understand really the value of this area and, and everything. And that the value of the ways, the nature, the, the weather, everything we have, even the mentality, the people and everything. So it's really, really amazing. I'm, I'm really blessed that I grew up in here and uh, I'm really lucky, I think. So. So, so tell me, when you were a little, little boy, Right? Did you grow up here in Tamrat or, or Agadir? Well, we're in Tamrat, Agadir, Tiger Zoo. It's kind of like a melting pot, right? It's all kind exactly. of like together. So tell me, tell me about your fondest memories of like growing up here as a little kid. Like what was, what, what did young Tarek do? Well, the thing is, to be, to be honest, is that I, I, as I said, I, I'm blessed. Because Agadir, at the, when I was a kid, Everyone that comes from around Morocco, from north and everything, for, for them it was like California because it was a really small city. Uh, it was uh, super touristic, touristic already uh, in a big scale while the city was small, many hotels, many clubs, many restaurants. So even living in Morocco, we were living uh, another world actually, like living in, uh, abroad. Right. So, which made us meeting many Europeans from early age and uh, having uh, conne been connected uh, with uh, different mentalities, with different uh, religions, with different beliefs, with different uh, uh, customs and uh, habits and everything. So, it made us in one way uh, more open-minded, I think, and that we experienced things. And uh, that made me moving around uh, with people. And... Uh, that made me actually seeing uh, some friends, old friends, older than me, that became actually friends with time, that they were surfing. And uh, me, I couldn't afford a board. I couldn't, I mean, that was for me like a dream, seeing the boards going in front of me. I'm like, wow, you know? And uh, by accident, I got a bodyboard. Who gave you I your really, first board? Do you remember? Uh, I mean, surfboard, you mean? or? No. Bodyboard, I mean, like how? how bodyboard, bodyboard. I had a friend called Aziz Alali. They were quite quite wealthy family, and they had this old this. I mean, at the time it was like the best you can have. So it was this bodyboard with foam that had quite like two fins right. beneath that okay. you could screw off. And at the beginning, I used that bodyboard with the fins. And then, as a bodyboard or as a surfboard? As a bodyboard. As a bodyboard. As a bodyboard. Right, yeah, I got you. And then I saw some videos of bodyboarders for real. And I saw that they didn't have fins and that they could do the 360s and everything. So I took off the fins from that bodyboard. But it was like a biscuit, not hard at all. You know, the thing was like moving yeah, in yeah. every way. It was like a really a bad one. But still, I managed to do 360s with it. And I started going to the beach often, and that's how I started seeing these guys that became my friends that was going through with surfboards. And one day, 
uh, a friend of mine named Adil Sehli that gave me a, a bodyboard was professional like beneath it it was like a nice surface and everything and that made me actually learning more about the waves and having a possibility to to chill, to have fun with it and then I started doing stand-ups on the bodyboard body yeah. having fun and uh, one day I met uh, I started becoming friend with a couple of, uh, of friends from the area from our neighborhood and uh, one guy called Kamal Wali uh, he was uh, I was hanging with him and with other friends and he told me bro why don't you surf I'm like I don't know really it's not and he gave me his board he's like go go on, go and try bro first wave I paddled I stood up and then he told me you shouldn't go back to bodyboard <laughs> did you ever go back or that was it for you actually I used bodyboard I used it again just to have fun when if it's like waves like run not okay but right after that I started looking for a bodyboard when he told me that because I really wanted to surf yeah, it's yeah. just that for me it was far away to reach for me it was like far it was like the price of the bodyboard of the board and everything it was like almost impossible but the second that that guy that that was like for us one of the best surfers at the area he told me bro you you have it you need to get a board i am i'm like okay if he told me that i should get a board you know for, because for me he was like yeah. the, the the respected yeah, surfer yeah, yeah. in the area so uh, i was looking for a board and then i found a board natural art okay and it was for 500 dirhams and for me 500 dirhams at the time i'm like how old were you bro how old were you when when you got your first board i think i was around 14. 14. okay 14 15. what did you what did you do to get 500 dirhams were you like stealing from 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 i couldn't steal from your uncle or whatever or were you actually working you know you asked from your uncle or whatever at the time at that age if i did something like that i would have been kicked (laughs) like hell and i would have been sure that i could not have put my feet out to play or to do whatever but for school right that's it right so, no 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 my dad really it, today the education he he gave me that's what that's what made me who i am today you know people can trust me and everything so that's good that's amazing and uh i couldn't no but i had to go and beg my dad like right. like like hell yeah like hell and, and uh luckily for me he knew the family of some of the first generation of surfers like older really older than me so he went to talk to them and it's them that told him about the board for 500 dirhams and we bought it for 500 dirhams i don't know how until today my dad he really went with that but he paid the 500 dirham for me and i'm thanking him for that for real so i bought that natural art and it was an amazing board with channels on it and right away I took the board it was the start of summer holidays I went straight to Devil's Rock with the Telt Canadian at the time it was not even the igloo yet didn't exist yeah and bro I was alone there sleeping putting the leash on my board and putting it by my side in there so that if ever someone come to steal it it, he will drag me with it and i had (laughs) i'm not kidding and i had a baseball bat 
that, that was almost the half of my size at the time that I was hanging to every night, in, just in case something. So you basically slipped right out front, like right in front pe people don't see it, right? But like no. we're literally looking at Devil's Rock, exactly, like right out front. Exactly, bro. But at the time it wasn't like this. So tell me about the time, like the, how, how many years are we talking? We're talking about oh, bro, th that's, 30 that's, years uh, maybe? Bro, yeah, at yeah. least, at least that's at, uh, um, we're talking at the 90s. <sighs> so what was the area like back then? Wow, bro, no light, no electricity, right? no running water, nothing. Nada. If you arrive here at the time, it's like you are really away from everything. I mean, you needed to get with you a couple of uh, jars with, of water, like plastic bottles of water. You needed to get with you most of the things you need to eat and survive. I mean, it's... it's Any it's, roads? Because like, right now I'm very surprised, right? Like I was here when I was 14, which yeah. is also 20 years ago, years right? Ago, exactly. And it looks very, very different to now, right? Like there, there was no roads. There was running water. I'm pretty sure there was running water at the time. But I mean, the place has gone through a transformation. Amazing. That's just crazy and really, really fast as well. So yeah. if you're looking back now, like how do you see this place or did you see this place evolve? Well, <laughs> to be honest, uh, we, I didn't see that it will change radically like this, especially not the kind of constructions that are, that are around because I think it's a bit too much for the area and that made it losing a bit of its beauty too because yeah, that's not the kind of constructions that had to be around here. Yeah, you for know? sure. And especially if we are promoting for surfing and for surfers and for the waves and the beauty of this weather. Uh, we could have done it in another way, I think. And uh, as I said, me that lived here from a young age and I saw the area how it was, and uh, I've been around the world a bit and I see that other places, they do protect the nature and the beauty of nature. And uh, we did uh, quite the opposite. Um, it's a bit sad, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, they will not... Uh, kill everything because I think that they are a bit aware about it now and about the importance of surfing the waves and everything around it so they're gonna I think they are starting getting ready I mean understanding the thing so they're gonna I think the next projects and everything that will come in the future they will not be as exaggerated as as this I mean the place the place literally you know breathes surfing I mean if you look out out of here straight out out front you have from all the way all the way to the south to all the way up north you probably have like 15 spots or even more probably Bro. like unnamed spots as well right that people don't know about exactly. and and so so this area is all it's all about surfing so i wonder like how how was that for you like when did you actually realize that this area man people from all over the world actually travel here to surf like how how was that for you was that something you realized very early or was that something you kind of didn't even realize it was just kind of like for you you know this is just what it is right like you grew up here you saw the you know you saw the waves you grew up with the waves is that something that that was 
that that you were aware of or was just kind of like oh crazy we live in an area that people actually want to travel to to surf well I, I, as i told you this area here it was touristic from before but not for surfing people love the weather and everything so many scandinavian german people and this from the from the 70s and 80s it was like a really a main destination but uh, me when i started surfing i mean i already found it a uh, uh, evolution of surfing around the area because already we had a big concentration uh, of uh, i mean the, the the start of the surfing in here uh, it was after that some american uh, passed through like military that been based in uh, up north in uh, Mohammedia in Mehdia okay. you know okay. and then they when they were coming south here going south for for a couple of missions in the desert when they was went that? through do you, here do, do you know that sorry when was that do you know it's, uh, at, uh, at uh, the, the the start of the 70s something right, okay. like this and uh, when when these people saw the waves then they talked about it and then right after at the end of the 70s, I think, uh, or in the mid 70s, the first uh, main like official people that came to surf the wave, looking for the surf, was hippies from the state, from Australia, from New Zealand, and these guys they came with their vans, you know, and they came to stay here for five, six months, not only a week or two. And every surfer that I met at that time in the water, it's a surfer, right? It's a decent surfer. He's hooked. If he took his truck and he traveled many months and he went through hell and the roads at the time, it's not as easy. Uh, the yeah. borders, everything. So these guys, they were real surfers. I mean, passionate for real. And at the time, the surf was different because when you are in the water, it's only passionate people. Yeah. Everyone in the water, was loving surf for surf and at the time you didn't choose surfing because of Facebook or because of Instagram or whatever nobody sees you except you and your friends with you in the water yeah so yeah. it was not a way to show off neither yeah I got you no it was a thing for us to prove something for ourselves it was a, a, a way to relax it was a way to have um, to uh, how to say a challenge and uh, a way to, 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 uh, uh, to, for us to be free, uh, you know? So it was amazing. And in the water, the vibes in the water was different too. I mean, it was a concurrence, but a positive one. I mean, if my friend hit the lip at uh, noon, me, I will tell him I will put it right here, you know? It's like a healthy, healthy competition. Healthy competition, you know? Uh, one, if at the time we didn't have no DVDs, nothing, we could find maybe one surf magazine that we hooked up from a European that was here. Bro, it will go around the whole city and everyone will see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, at the time we had the tape, the GVS, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bro, we watched it and we watched it. And of course, you had favorite parts of the thing that sometimes you want to see it and it was just like, because you saw it so many, so many times. times. Yeah. And it was crazy. That tape, it was like gold. You don't want, you didn't want that many knows about it, so that you don't borrow it. And if you borrow it, you have to get it back right away. Today, videos are everywhere in this. Just yeah. boards, bro. You, it was hell to get your own board. And if you break a fin to repair it, and we didn't have no reason, no nothing. But still, we were passionate. We fighted. We did everything to keep surfing. 
So the surf at that time, it was mm, sweet. So today, it today, has you changed, know, no? it have changed because what we were saying is that the development made it today. People knew that it became uh, a touristic attraction, you know, something that people want to try because today, if you put your TV on, I'm sure if there is a, a three minutes of publicity, at least a perfume brand or a car brand or whatever, you will see a surfboard going through or wave or whatever. Yeah. So today surfing, it has exploded it's, it's in popularity. Everywhere, sure. everywhere. Yeah. And you see it yourself these days, even when there is no waves, <laughs> the yeah. water yeah. is packed. So I want to touch on this, right? Like, so you've been here from the very beginning, right? So you've yeah. seen it, but you're also on the other side, right? So, so, and I can, I can see that you're, you're, you're getting nostalgic about this, right? You're kind of missing that time. But at the same time, you're also a surf coach now, right? Yeah. So how, do, how does, does, you know, the two worlds, do they sometimes clash? They, they did and they do. Okay. I'm a coach. So I want always to do my coaching in perfect conditions and that um, the people I'm coaching, that they really move forward and so that they can move forward, they need to serve in peace in one way, in a safe uh, entourage. Which is very hard. Which is very hard, especially when there is many people. And then yeah. when there is too many people, I mean, he will have less chance to have waves. And when he get waves, you have more possibility to have people on that wave being dropped by someone, someone paddling back, whatever, so that you don't concentrate on your surfing 100% and you're not efficient, you don't give really. You yeah. see, even from my proper experience, when I want to progress on my surfing, I need to surf a wave with nobody on the wall, on the shoulder and not with people in it, because when I surf crowded, uh, peaks then I need just to slalom so I serve the wave as the the possibility is depending about where the people are I don't hit the lip where I want really 100% yeah so I'd rather go away to other places maybe with less uh, quality of wave but less crowded and then the person will take more waves and he will manage to surf so today I have just to find, to manage myself. I'm a local, luckily. I know about many different places. Different, uh, sometimes I need maybe to drive a bit longer, further, yeah. further. It's not a problem for me. From the moment we're gonna do it in the right way. So that's the, that's the thing that now today, uh, it's a prob problematic in one way, because the fact that it's so much crowded and um, it's not well organized in one way, uh, yeah, sometimes it really creates some chaos, especially when you have some surf instructors that are, sorry to say that, but irresponsible. So surfing is already extreme. It's an extreme sport. We don't need to make it more, more extreme, extreme, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, are you, are you kind of mad or sad about it that this area has grown so much or do you just kind of embrace it and think it's just part of the process or like how do you like what's your take on 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 tourism right in this area and the tourism 
that you guys are getting here is very targeted. It's very surf centric, yeah. right? Like, how do you feel about that as a local? Because yes, your waves are getting more crowded. You have to share with more people from all over For the world. Sure. Some people, you know, they might not have the skill level to be out there and they shouldn't exactly. be out there, right? So, so what's your take on that? Well, for me, I'm gonna, I'm, I mean, from the moment it's helping the area and helping the people of the area, people are mega, I mean, I mean, I mean they are living from it. Of course, I can't say, I, I can't be sad because you can't have this without this, you yeah. see, you know? Yeah. So, but the only thing is that, as you said, uh, the crowded is that we need to organize it. We need to, to, to have uh, some rules, some principles, to, to, you know? Uh, all the surf schools, uh, they need to sit together down and have a way of running all this so that there is no chaos, that there is a communication between all these guys. Uh, we we have, I mean, come on, we have a, a coastline who is so, so long that, come on. Yeah. We are not obliged to be really crowded. We have many places, okay? Yeah. So it's just to be organized. But unluckily, again, even, even the, the, the tourists like to be with other people. They like to be in the crowd. What's the, the herd and sheep, like the sheep mentality, right? Yes, but then again, it's the, it's the coaches, the surface structures that need to explain that for your safety, so that you really enjoy the surf session and, and to, to really go forward, you need to be in a place where there is less people, not crowded in this, you know? You can yeah. hang and chat with people when you are out. Not in the water, because when you are in the water, you should concentrate about your, your waves, about your board, about the other people and everything. Not about uh, sitting and chatting and talking, which, which is today, they need again to do a separation between the surfers who are coming just to experience the surfing and the ones who are really surfers yeah. and they want to develop surf. their surf. Yeah. So, you put these groups in a certain areas and the other one, you take them to certain areas because when you mix these two ones, none, no one enjoy the session yeah. and you put everyone in danger. Yep. You see? So, and you find yourself the, instead of surfing, like for me, when I jump to the water, I find myself uh, almost like a judge talking to people, be careful and giving lessons in the water because sometimes people do some stupidities that are dangerous and you come out all boiled and then you look at the person and you see that he is shocked and his eyes are coming out and that he is freaking out and you understand that he doesn't know a thing what's about on, what's yeah. going on and where he is and what's going on. So you can't go crazy on this guy because you will just make it worse for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you come down and you just tell him, come here, Lana, and you, 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 you find yourself almost coaching him without wanting that, like, come here, that is, and you take him and you tell him, look, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and, 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 and you have to explain to him. Most of the people are thankful. You know, the amount of fun in the water, right? Like, yesterday when we hung out, you, you said something really interesting that if you have a crowded la lineup, there's only so much fun that can go around, right? And if, yeah. there's, um, if there's too many people in the water, then in the end, nobody has fun. Do you want to elaborate on that? Like what, what you meant yesterday when we talked off camera about this? Yeah, bro, because this is, it's, I mean, it's, it's simple. It's uh, every, every wave 
it's uh, have its characteristic you know um, and it will take certain amount of people it will accept a certain amount of people and um, as we said before the surf is already an extreme sport you see yeah so when we jump to certain conditions uh, the people that are in the water if there are few people that are connecting there is a connection between each other there is a communi communication between each other they already surfed these conditions and they know how to communicate with the other surfers they knows about priorities they know about everything the session goes smooth yeah and everyone have fun yeah but the second the peak start getting full with different mentalities some are going in to show off. Some are going in to just just be there as a floater. Some, they think they are um, in a contest that make already a chaos yeah. and a bad vibe going in at the peak already. Because you will be, in, instead of sitting, chilling, smiling, and when the surfer meet another surfer like a shaka and like, what's up, bro, and this, it will be more like a, an electric look and like yeah next one is mine mother you know like and then the vibes start going not okay and one drops on the other one and one is pissed and one been waiting for a while and the other one don't respect and doesn't know about the priority and at the end nobody nobody, nobody is having fun and you jump to the water thinking about a positive moment that you're gonna come all full of good energy and good vibes and this and then you come out pissed because seeing that surfing is going away from what it's been before and that there is too many people that are jumping in the water they are not interested at surf itself do you think that's a that's a problem of social media as well because like you see all these amazing spots right and they're so rel well more or less right they're quite easy to get to as well especially in this area right like if you think about anchor point right that's the yeah. holy grail of waves in the area and if you look at the wave it's actually really really easy to get into the lineup it's really easy yeah. do you think and 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 this is kind of like what the social media is blasting about right like you 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 talk about the area you talk about tambra you talk about tagazoo and in the conversation there's always anchor point so do you think social media and the way we use it as well has kind of you know added to the problem of overcrowding of course lineups. bro when you say promotion you mean crowd you want that more people come here and knows about the place you put it on a promotion which means you promote for it which means you're gonna put publicity for it on a magazine or surf magazine on websites and everything and uh, the big the big mistake right here uh, not only in morocco but around the world and that's funny because i talked about it many times whenever you see a publicity on a surf magazine on whatever for surfing you see this amazing beautiful girl with a bikini with a big smile and on a wave and having fun or even two three people on the same wave going and chilling and having fun and smiling and that's not only that you ever. see only this the beauty and people having fun and wow and that's what the people that are booking the ticket for surfing are expecting yeah because no one shows them the the the, 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 the exactly the real deal which means 
the like other what side we of see surfing, to, like what we see today, you the know, the big like waves, it's unruly, just conditions. It's it's heavy. It's a and lot of work. Show them way pouts. Show them that not everyone is going like this, and not everyone will manage to surf with a bikini. Yeah, yeah. You will have to have your wetsuit at the beginning. You you jump with the bikini with the bikini. When you already know how to surf and you control everything, if you jump with a bikini the first session, you might end with no bikini. And that's not cool. I mean, that's irresponsible even to put someone with a bikini inside the water for the first sessions. Yeah. You know? So, when you promote for surfing, you need to promote the beauty of it, but the dangers that are around it, that it's an, ex an extreme sport, we don't forget about it. Luckily today, the technology made foamies. At my time, it was no foamies, bro. <laughs> you learn with hard boards. Yeah. And you do a mistake, you remember it. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Yeah. So today, because we have the soft boards, we have many things, we made it easier to access to surfing. But then, as I said, again, we don't talk enough about the dangers of surfing so that the people are aware even when the classes when the the, the the courses are given on the beach few people explain about security and many things about how to access the, to, to teach them about the current what to do uh, how to access to the water the board uh, never between you and the wave you know uh, don't go out stay in a certain level all these like small small but important that's the key i mean uh, surfing is builded from small details you know so i think that that side not many people talk about it and it's a mistake because the the people who are coming to surf they should be aware about that too and that they are going to do something extreme let's go back to the area yeah itself right if what would you tell people what can they expect if they want to, if they're thinking about it, right? Coming to Tamra or going to Tagazu, like what's, what can people expect of the area, of the people, of the culture? I mean, uh, every, like everywhere you go, you can find bad and good people. That we are sure about it. But luckily for us, this area is a touristic area. So everyone that is from the area is working for the good of the area uh, they live from it you know it's their bread so no one play with their bread so people here are really cool and really relaxed and chill and they are like nice they can help they can you know because already we Moroccans in our uh, culture we are like this but then again south here in Morocco we are more chill and relaxed than north you know and uh, we are uh, a mix of Berber and Arabic, you know, which is make it more uh, crazy mentality. Actually, and explain then, the the Berber culture, right, a little bit more because that's very unique to the area as well, right? Um, just talk about the culture and what the differences are and like why it's so so special. Uh, because actually, if if people know about the history of uh, Africa and Morocco and this, uh, the original resident of the whole North Africa are Berber. And then Arab came with Islam. See? And then they got mixed. And that's why we have even Jewish Moroccans. 
because when Islam came here, he found already Jewish in Morocco, he found already Christians, he would find Berber, and some Berber was Christian even, you know. And only when Islam came here, it turned people to Islam. And uh, that's what makes it a special country too, is that today when you go to the center of Agadir, you have a church, you have a cathedral, you know, a synagogue, yeah. and then you have uh, mosques everywhere. So. So that's that's a that's a crazy mix that made that made them um, a, a crazy mentality, an open mentality, and uh, we are, I'm mixed. My mom, she is Berber, and my father is Arabic. So it's it's a crazy thing. What's the what's the unique thing about the Berber culture? Because you know when you look at surf movies, right, or when you yeah. look at Surf Max, like when you read Surf Max or, or, or storytelling pieces about the area, the Berber culture is very prevalent. You know, it's always something that gets highlighted and because and, it has its charm, right? It's like mystique charm. For sure, just the village here, bro. When you go out, you will see it. Um, the city is big. And if I can, if in the city, today change. I can be living in a neighborhood or, uh, yeah, in a neighborhood with 30 families in it. And maybe I will not know many of these families. Here, everyone knows me. I know everyone. Yeah. You see? Uh, in the afternoon, you will find all these old women sitting right in front of my house, looking to the sea and chilling. Uh, they have these habits. They all grow up as farmers or fishermen. So they have contact with nature. They are like, uh, it's, it's like countryside. When you say Berber, Berber people, they are like in the country. They don't, they don't live in the city. They, they live more in the nature. Uh, they have these kind of walls, natural walls. Uh, the, the houses they build is different too, you know? And then uh, the food they will eat it's more typical uh, moroccan and this we will i mean you know you, you you will not find a berber family in the night eating a burger yeah you know what i mean yeah you will find them eating a good tagine a decent big dish yeah and uh with i mean you know what i mean you, you all eat the it bro you see yeah. with all the flavors in this so yeah when you eat it's like a, a flavor explosion exactly in your mouth. when you're gonna eat oil you're gonna eat like crazy good oil yeah honey the same thing uh, yeah. when the bread is made it's homemade i mean yeah. you see and even if they have gas they will have a tafarnut which is this uh uh like stove, the, no, the like stove, the yeah. fire, the open fire. Open fire outside that is made from clay yeah. and they will cook in it more often than cooking, cooking on the gas, you know? Yeah. So that that's makes uh, the, the, the Berber mentality and uh, the, 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 the welcome. Berbers are, uh, I mean, when you go up in the mountains, you can be in the middle of nowhere and you will meet a family, a Berber family, that maybe they don't have nothing, but if you tell them, please, I don't have nothing, I need to eat and this and that, they will give you everything. If they have one chicken there, bro, they will stand and kill it and cook it for you. Yeah. And knowing that they will yeah. not have anything else to eat after. That's, yeah. that's the... I mean, you can feel this here as well, right? It's a very hospitable 
area you know people are very warm very welcoming it's you know they 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 like to show what they have you know and and you have plenty (sighs) third take fucking batteries overheating well the heat bro the heat the sun i know can do nothing but hey we cannot complain about the sun no my friends are freezing back in europe (laughs) i don't even know like we had to switch off the camera for like the last 30 minutes so i don't even know where we were but i think we talked about the area right and and i i was just about to like dive into you know the differences between tamra and tagazu because if you come here like it's trippy like how it's so close it's essentially one big melting point a pot but the two towns are so different for sure can you can you talk about this like what like if you would have to like advertise tagazu who would who would it be for if you would have to um advertise tamrat who would that be for well let's start with the uh, tagazut cause tagazut that's what made the the is the, the main right? exactly. exactly it's the heart it's it's the main place that started it all I mean, without Tagazut, nothing of all this will not be happening. Right. Okay. So, as I said, the first hippies that came, they was actually parking by Anchor Point, Mystery, La Source, you know, around that area. And they were camping at the Tagazut camping, who was right by the side of uh, Panoramas. Yeah, okay. The wave. Yep. So the concentration of people was around there, okay? And uh, Tagazut was a fisherman village, which means it was just boats, fishermen, and the small houses that were there, there were for fishermen that was living up in the mountain, and sometimes they used these places for just to have the gear of fishing, and maybe sleeping there if they are fishing every day for a couple of days so that they don't have to go all the way up back to the village and down, you know? So, uh, and it was few shops, of course, to deal with these uh, fishermen to sell them their daily needs uh, from oil to eggs to bread to, you know? And um, that helped even the hippies and gotcha. all the surfers that came from around the world to surf in here at the time. So instead of them driving the whole way to Agadir, you know, Tagazut was close to buy everything they needed to, to survive and eat. And some of the, some of the, the, the of not some, but one main shop there, he had this, um, we're gonna say, he was different than all the other shops because he bought uh, for example, uh, some special cheese, he bought some chocolate, he bought some... So he bought things that normally Moroccans will not buy. The fishermen will not buy because it's not, it's not their needs. They yeah. don't. So he bought these targeting the surfers. Tur- yeah, tourists. And that was our first surf shop. Because instead of getting paid with money, he was doing change. Yeah, right, okay. And that was our first surf shop where we could buy surfboards and do things. So Takazut is the start of the surfing, is the heart. It's, 
and it's close even to the main 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 breaks that everyone wanted to surf anchor point killer point mysteries and la source you know so and then you have hash point too which yep. is like straight in in Tagazut, and then you have panoramas so just these breaks bro which is like on not even a three kilometer you know it's like crazy so that was the concentration then a bit by bit it expanded yeah and then our ear it's more uh, a bigger concentration con concentration of fishermen and uh, farmers <coughs> because if we call it banana village it's because it have these big uh, plantations. banana plantations yeah and uh, it's not only bananas there is many other things so this was like the the economic uh, area when it when you can get all the fruits all the veggies and everything tagazut was mainly fishing yep. and surfers so the fish and uh, the agriculture in this area the agriculture went really low except for the bananas in this area but the fish it's what kept everyone surviving but that tagazut got this advantage of surfing so started renting houses you know uh, opening more shops restaurants whatever and then the villages around which is Aurir, Tamrakt, even Anza saw that you know and of course each of these villages started having their own surfers and kids and each one wanted to develop his little area even if it's one yeah. area but it still feels like if it's different areas as you said because you move from here to here and it's a completely different yeah. thing you know so that made uh, a good thing for everyone because it, it opened for them a new door a new possibility a new opportunity and uh, <coughs> sorry it uh, they followed i mean tagazut was the leader and all the villages just it's like a natural progression fun. yes right? because yes and uh, the more today, people come and today strangely it's tamrah that have the biggest concentration of surf camps, surf camps i think in the world even so yeah you told me that's some, crazy you told me a crazy number yeah. what was it 130 or something yeah 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 bro in a like like in in every hundred uh, hundred or hundred square meter you can find up to two three surf camps something like that so which is like crazy it's something uh, and it's a very small area too so th this sure. is why this gets kind of crowded more crowded by yeah. the minute yeah yeah and the promotion for the area yeah. it's not stopping people just like promote the promoting more and more and more and more and more for the area we even assisted lately for the surf expo we had which is like an amazing event that helped many uh, people to connect because the community of surfers in Morocco it's not connected yet hundred percent you see so this this kind of events should more happen because it's not uh, promoting for surf in one way abroad but it's connecting more all these surfers surf poles together so that they coordinate together and they co-rate together and they cooperate together and that there is a, a communication between all these guys because uh, I think if they all together put one hand in hand and 
work together this thing can work properly uh, with a nice in a nice way and you know because then I, again as I said I went I traveled around a bit and I seen in other countries where they have some rules and some that are respected by people and that makes yeah. everything much better you know it looks even better if it it looks more organized and properly properly done I have one more question for you before we wrap this up yes what's your favorite if you could no actually I just changed the question let me change the question <laughs> for sure the question will be if you could only serve one way for the rest of your life in this area which one would it be in this area and why my See, god i had a way easier question but this one i think is this better. one is is, is <laughs> tricky now now i need oh bro this is a tricky question <laughs> tricky oh, tricky one you spelling. see you're spelling again no oh stress. my god tricky 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 damn bro that's a tricky one because i mean if i want to be stuck in a place i would rather to have right and left so that i surf both waves but then again bro you're okay, kidding okay. me give That's me your crazy. breakdown of waves and why you love to surf them like why is okay. it okay give me your top three waves and why is that easier for you yeah that okay. would be much easier okay three what? number three what comes in number three in number three Number three, number three, number three, number three. I'm gonna say Anza. Okay. Because it's left, right, and when it's rolling perfectly, it's really amazing. And that's a wave that I had uh, crazy story histories with. I even surfed it while not many could access to it because it was a, a real heavy ghetto at the area before. And uh, yeah, so that will be the third. Second. Second. <clears throat> Second is just because it's not close to me. I don't surf it often, but it's it's one of the craziest waves that I can't talk about because there is crazy waves that I ain't talking about. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna talk about. So, Safi. Safi. Because okay. Safi, it's a uh, that's real talk. I mean, something special, something really good. Yeah, that one because again I'm from here. I grew up in here. Even if I don't surf it today, as much as before, because I luckily it's crowded. Everyone wanna be there. Everyone, everyone wanna take some pictures there. Even when I say that I surf there, of course it's Anchor Point because that wave still special. It's special, it have its crazy characteristics. You surf it differently, every swell, the direction, and I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's the wave that, that was challenging me constantly. That's the wave that made me at least twice saying, God, if I come out of this situation, I will <laughs> stop surfing and I will never go back again. And you've been back since. And of course, I came back again to it. Of and course. that wave, I respect it like hell because, I mean, it have sections. People that knows about Anchor Point have three sections. The first one, shouldn't fall. If you fall, just get ready for some kicking. 
Second section, it's all fun. And then the third section down, that's, that's a heavy one too. I mean, or you engage yourself in barrels and make it out properly, or you engage yourself and then you're like, shit. <laughs> Man. Yeah, but yeah. So this is the three ones I can't talk about and that everyone right. knows about. And we but keep the again, secrets a secret. The secrets are secret. Okay? What happened That's to it. Vegas stays exactly. in Vegas. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's been real, man. <laughs>